Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Thursday, May May 8th. I'm not good with dates. It's June 8th. It's been that kind of thing. Been that kind of thing. We're talking about a labor showdown, VW not marking vehicles up, and a soccer player. Maybe the soccer Maybe the soccer player. Yeah. At least of the news cycle right now. We'll just say at least of the news cycle. I don't know. He's one of the few soccer players I know his name, so we'll talk about that later. So we'll talk about the brand implications of that. Boy. Yo. Yo. We were at a dealership yesterday, and you guys are going to, everybody's going to want to pay attention to our Instagram, LinkedIn this afternoon, because we did a little video cut. This isn't in our show notes or anything like this, but the craziest thing happened. There was a filming happening happening (laughs) of a commercial shoot, and... The there there was a you know there's a shot where basically the the camera was on a track and also needed to make this kind of pivot move that was electronically done with a wireless yeah. controller. Next to it, they had an electric vehicle. That basically what was happening was when they started rolling and they needed to make the pivot with the wireless controller, wouldn't work. The electric vehicle needed to pull out. The controller could not make the arm swing on the camera. It was nuts. They changed it out for an ice vehicle. Everything was fine. Yeah, since I mean that kind of ties back into the AM radio. Like def- definitely an electromagnetic field being generated by that vehicle when it was moving, and we were yep. like, are, did, "Did like is this where this is being figured out for the first time? Like right here in this delivery bay? I know it's like." Oh, maybe we did. Maybe we were there when when the moment <laughs> happened. And videographers everywhere are going to take note. Oh, man. Well, it is an amazing day to be in retail auto. So much going on. We had the old, like, 22-hour day yesterday. Uh, entrepreneur life, retail auto life. But it's hard not to be inspired when we're on the ground with dealers Super. doing amazing things and people in the dealership doing amazing things and just so much positive energy being cultivated and put out into the world from inside a car dealership. It just yep. reminds us of the thesis of why we do what we do, and it just strengthens the resolve that we're doing this all together. Somebody yesterday, actually, this is funny too. It's just story time this morning. Somebody, so <laughs> we in, got introduced to somebody for the first time. Oh, hi, I'm Paul. I'm Kyle. This is kind of what we do. This is who we are. And he goes, hey, that logo on oh, your hat. Logo. He said, that logo on your hat. I think I get that email every day. <laughs> so the fact that he knew, he literally, then Kyle has to look. Opens the email every day, is a, is definitely a, a loyal reader of the email, and he didn't know who we were, which to me signifies we're doing something very right. That's exactly what we Very, were. very right. Know. The fact that yes. a SOTU is so much bigger than any person. A SOTU is this kind of community that exists outside any person, which is how you know it's actually going the way it should be going. So, I mean, gosh, it just made me happy. Well. Hey, speaking of other people than us, oh. Stop. this is a segue to an announcement. Oh, Watch I know. It. That's why I stopped. Here. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a couple really, really cool interviews like in line with exactly what we talk about. Uh, you, we've got Joanna Cooper on our Amplify podcast, and the title of it is because of the way that she communicated, build people who build trucks. Like if you if you want to be inspired by someone who works in a warehouse today, you got to go check out the Amplify podcast with Joanna Cooper. We've also got an auto collabs episode with Chris Adams of Car Offer. So that's rolling out. 
We just got people coming around the community from every which way. New friends. So, uh, so we you call know, new all friends. The, all the friends. Oh, the also, I mean, okay, we're going to move on. But we did lock our primary keynote speaker for a SotoCon oh. that we're going to tell you about. And let me just say, it is going to be off the hook. <laughs> it's going to be outrageous. We'll tell you more about that. Um, but you can get tickets for a SotoCon at a SotoCon.com. Um, actually, if you're an industry partner, uh, booth space and sponsorships are going faster than we imagined. So if you wanted Quiet. to get in, like, it's not like last year. We're 30 days out. You're going to be like, oh, I think I'll take one of these and two of those. Nope. If you're thinking you want to be a part of a SotoCon, like email amj at asodu.com. AMJ to soda.com. Get in that game. And if you want tickets, get them now. They're cheaper than they're going to be, and they're going to get more expensive as we get closer. All right, let's talk about getting closer to the things. Segway. That was a double oh, segue. In what could be a drawn-out fight, the United Auto Workers, the UAW, uh, labor union prepares for negotiations with Detroit automakers, GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Uh, the conflict, the big conflict that everyone's talking about is regarding the pay for 18,000 future workers. Future workers. It's an interesting one. At so their electric vehicle battery plants, these workers um, were hired through a lot of these joint ventures that we're seeing. So the fact that they're joint ventures, they're not covered by existing labor contracts posing complexities for the UAW and ensuring, you know, their mission to ensure equitable wages uh, and conditions. So the Ultium cell plant, the joint venture between GM and LG Energy is an example. Um, the UAW is trying to establish a deal for its 1,100 workers there. Um, and they, they're trying to put all the battery workers under its master contract. Manufacturers, on the other hand, are arguing that joint ventures are about accessing battery production and knowledge rather than compensation issues. They're like, no, these are different things. We're trying to figure stuff out in these joint ventures. And we're not just like business as usual. So here's a quote, yeah. and then we'll jam on it. Uh, this is from Mike Booth, the UAW vice president, who uh, will lead the talks with GM this year. He said, the transition from internal combustion to electric has to be just transition we have to make sure that no one is left behind man you just think about this and the impact of a change in the delivery and build of vehicles impacts not just consumers but employees and it's wild that because of like a joint venture maybe they're hired through the lg side of things or through a battery side or through a type of like uh, you know, temp worker, I, you know, there's multiple different ways that these people can be brought in that they wouldn't be covered by the typical labor standards and, and, and be under that guide. Now, always unions, there's some best, there's some personal interest there and, and, and management and all that. But also there's a lot of good that they do, especially in the warehouse manufacturing side of things. So, you know, this is just, it's a whole new complexity and I love that they're just like, no, it just it should just be an easy transition. We need to make sure and care for these workers too. Just a transition it's, from it's not a huge deal, yeah. um, but it could be because, like, you look at just the way that OEMs are starting to look at the opportunities on the other side of a change in in production and a change in vehicle manufacturing across the board. They're looking to cut costs. They're looking to change the way things are made. Things things are delivered. Customer communications. All of that. So it's just like. Every step, every step of the way has to be carefully considered to make sure the consumer and the employee is at the heart of every decision. You know, last uh, earlier in the week, we were talking about Mary Barra's comments, uh, GM CEO, about not being able to get twenty or thirty to forty thousand dollars EVs to profitability until right. twenty thirty. So obviously, the fight just to get these vehicles profitable as it stands is difficult. This is another layer 
in uh in that complex dance that the industry is doing around this transition or <laughs> I don't even know. It's a transition to EVs. It's we'll see what happens. We'll see what we'll happens. see. Who knows? We we'll definitely see. don't know. Speaking of not exactly knowing. Stop. Segway. Time. So as long as the long anticipated Volkswagen, uh, the the mini bus, the ID, what's it called? Uh, I have it here somewhere. The ID Buzz. ID Buzz. As uh, <laughs> that's getting ready for release, like really, really soon. Volkswagen of America CEO Pablo Desai warns dealers against price gouging, recognizing the potential for excessive markups. Here we go again. Um, he emphasized the comes. need for a fair pricing system for both consumers and dealers but has yet to propose a specific solution. He also opposes, by the way, introducing some sort of like first edition of the van, a common strategy, you know, that kind of boosts the demand and boosts the profit and the drama around the release. Like, here's the first one we're releasing. And um, he thinks we're not going to do that either. That customers should not pay, have to pay more. And he says, he, I quote, we cannot make a mistake with this vehicle with respect to the customer. We cannot have markups. So obviously trying to learn a little bit from what happened with the F-150 Lightning and the Hummer and all mm-hmm. the other like mass, mass, uh, I mean, granted, this isn't as massive, massive of a market, but it's a right. huge niche market. It's a major release. It's the kind of the first vehicle of its kind. And uh, when you have enthusiasts involved, you have the opportunity for profit. <laughs> and, you know, I... I see both sides of this, right? Because I, I, I don't solvable. care what vehicle has come out over the last 20 years when a new vehicle hits the market and there's low supply and high demand. We consistently see, doesn't matter if it's an EV or an ICE vehicle or anything, and it doesn't matter what type of market it is, we consistently see a push for higher price points. So it's not like it's unprecedented in the market to see demand drive prices up. And, and that's not, you know, we we're seeing it with like the current market glasses on, which was kind of the last two years of the way that dealers pressed into profitability with uh, increased margins and, and, and pricing over MSRP. And so if we took those glasses off and just said, Oh, this is a new vehicle on the market. We've seen this happen before. I think that you wouldn't be at like, the consumer wouldn't be as nervous about that potential. And even though OEM, because that's, it's, it's not something that has ever not been the case. So, you know, I see, like, I see that side, but I also see the side where it's like, Hey, as these new vehicles come out, if we set a precedent for always having large dealer markups, whenever a new vehicle comes out, we're going to start to harm our customer view of the, of the brand. So because that's going to be more of a norm where things that we've never seen before kind of come out. Um, I can see the, the like nervousness on the side of the OEM for the way that the brand is perceived. So there's some, some way that they can reward dealers for not selling. I mean, they try to do that right with inventory and things like that. VW seems like the brand in general and VW dealers, they understand brand, I would say, more than most, yep. or at least are in that sure. top tier of people who understand brand and who really do think like our our buyers and our community first. So um, I, I think that this is my, my prediction is this is going to be a little bit of an education and how, how you can execute something like this well. Although we don't, yeah, know how it'd it's be interesting go to kind of get a dealer survey of like 
hey, are our VW dealers even already engaged? You know, for, in, a, in a large percentage. We should get our buddy company. John Luciano in on this. Yeah, because he probably has a, has a little idea. Maybe we'll do a little research today. Yeah. Do yeah. a little do I a think, little text message thread. I think it's worth it. Well, speaking of a few text message threads going yeah. yesterday and today. Stop. A lot. Segway. Time. Kyle, this is your world. Yesterday around Stop. 9 a.m. it was like bing, 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 <laughs> bing in my world because in an absolute coup for Major League Soccer and Apple, Lionel Messi announced that he will be joining the American Soccer Club Inter- Miami later this year the club owned uh by um mostly by David Beckham um Lionel Messi has won seven Ballon d'Ors which is basically like the best soccer player in the world uh he's won four Champions League titles which is of all of the top European leagues all of the the top uh, clubs play in like an annual tournament his team, uh, Barcelona, has won that four times. Uh, he just recently came off winning the, the 2022 World Cup. Uh, and so here's how the deal looks like it's going to come out. Not all the final details have happened because the the uh, caps on player salaries in the U.S. are very, very low. Like they're nowhere close Never to what paid. he currently yep. gets paid what he was offered by a Saudi Arabian deal that would have been valued at over a billion pounds over two years. They're nowhere close to that, but looks like that there's a major profit sharing deal in both Apple's MLS streaming revenue and Adidas profit sharing. Uh, and then he has a future uh, buy option into club ownership uh, after his retirement. So like his his all combined <laughs> engagement with the sport in the US is is going to equal or probably in my estimation surpass because like you just think about the number of people that now will want to watch this game. Like we've had, you know, um Ab- Ibrahimovic just recently we've had David Beckham before that uh we've had uh, a bunch of European stars come over but the energy around MLS when they came over was nowhere close to what it is right now especially coming off um you know the strong 2022 World Cup and viewership in the US we've got the World Cup coming to the U- Canada US and Mexico uh here in 2026 and so all of that energy along with Messi is just going to drive a ridiculous amount of streaming subscriptions and uh, and jersey sales. And so, like, I think it's going to be unbelievable what this brings uh, brings to the audience in the U.S. Uh, let me break that down for all you non-soccer fans out there. Somebody who did a really great job, not obviously a great performer, also a great job building the connection and drama around his persona and his character has massive leverage when going somewhere else, moving to a deal because the people and the attention are shifting with the brand. And it's like this crazy pop culture phenomenon. It's got me paying attention to soccer. I mean, I do a little bit because of you, but like it does build this intrigue. And so like tying this to the ground, like this is basically brand connection at play, right? No no pun intended. And so this is how brand works, whether you are an individual salesperson or service person, or because I mean, like people in automotive now are starting to put out content and build brand connections. And it does a few things. It opens your opportunities. And we've seen this firsthand. I mean, I've seen it so much over the last 12 months 
of individuals who constantly invest in connecting with the other people in the industry, the people who care about the same things, now have all these opportunities and options open up in front of them because people understand what they're about. They want some yep. of that in their spot. And so this is an awesome example of brand connection at play in a realm of soccer, but it actually works in retail automotive as well. It, it actually works in personal does. brand as well. It actually works inside your own organization. Building that brand connection inside your organization. Guess what? Because the affinity of the consumer, done. the community, all of that just comes closer. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm talking about amongst your own team. Now, I'm not oh, even yeah. thinking retail. Just, yep. Because like this actually works in influencing getting things done in your organization, but it takes work. It takes attention. I love this. Messi's the guy that doesn't, he like made that piece a few years ago, like never go down. Was that Messi? Or is that Ronaldo? Yeah, Yeah, he's totally, and like you watch his game and he is totally against all of the flopping. My favorite. Um, He's my, that's why he's my favorite player. See, that's the one thing I know about him. Like he'll stand up through a trip all day. It's unbelievable. Nothing will make me abandon my appreciation for a sports figure team or overall sport than people flopping. (laughs) <laughs> that's why i can't watch the nba anymore honestly and you can't watch spanish soccer that's it <laughs> oh is that well i mean it's kind of, that's kind of like just spanish tv in general right it's a little over the top little over right, the top right, right right so i mean that that kind of that shoe actually kind of fits i might actually just see that as like yeah you know it's just part of the uh, part of the flair of the culture <laughs> you know what i mean oh uh, well whatever you're doing today we good. hope you uh exhibit a little of the flair of the culture of retail automotive inside your own store, inside your own business, and man, let it get out into the world. Serve some people. Do all that good stuff. 